What if you could automatically publish your audio and video content to multiple platforms and grow your audience faster? How much time might that save you or your team each week? Well, now there's a way. And today's guest has partnered with us to offer one lifetime license for repurpose.io as part of our entrepreneur growth giveaway. That's a saving of $995 per year. Want a chance to win this awesome tool and other epic time-saving tools as well? Just head over to foundersconnect.co forward slash win to enter now. Welcome to Founders Connect Podcast. We help lifestyle entrepreneurs to grow their business online and create a happier marriage. Did you know that approximately 45% of marriages end up in divorce and 65% of all startups fail due to founder conflicts? Well, we're here to change that. Each week, we bring you an inspiring guest and practical tips to help you with business, relationships, and sustainable living. Now, let the fun begin! I'm Cindy and I'm Anth and we're from Founders Connect and uh, today we are talking all about how to automate and repurpose your content to grow your business and we wanted to bring in someone who knew what they were talking about on this topic so we've got (laughs) other than me so we've got Honey Mura who is a dad a softwarepreneur love that word, and the creator of Repurpose.io, which is a software designed to help content creators automate the distribution of podcasts and live video across multiple platforms and grow their audience faster. So welcome to the show, honey. Welcome. Thank you. It's a pleasure being here. Awesome. So you're rocking it out. We can see the Canadian flag. So where are you? (laughs) I am in Toronto, Canada. Beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) To start off. On scale of one to ten, how weird are you? I would say a seven or an eight. Seven or eight. Why is that? I don't know. I'm getting my own head sometimes. I <laughs> the way I think is my wife says it's convoluted. I solve problems in a convoluted way, but to me they make sense. So I guess that considers me weird. I don't know. Yeah, you're not alone on that. My wife says the same about me. So, <laughs> yes. so I totally understand, isn't it? <laughs> right. Kudos to your wife. <laughs> yeah, she knows me well. And how long have you guys been married? You put me on the spot here. You're going to be hitting at 14, 13 years. Oh, wow. wow. Congratulations. That's great. Yeah, beautiful. Okay, so we're going to jump into the marriage stuff later, but let's go with the flow. So if you had all the time and money in the world, honey, what would you be doing? All the time and money. Oh, boy. I'd be creating more stuff. I love to create. I think that's kind of what gets me excited about my software is I just, I get to make something out of nothing, out of just fingers and ideas. So that excites me. Just creating more stuff, whether it's, if I had the money, I probably wouldn't be worried too much about the business aspect of it. Mm -hmm. I'd still be creating something, whether it's like music or something. I like to create, I like to make. So you like music? You're into music too? I'm not a musician though. That's interesting. Like I've always wanted to be a DJ, actually. I bought some like turntables way back in the day before I got married. And I read a book about DJing and like beat matching and all that stuff, but never did it professionally. But I just loved the idea of mixing. Again, it was creating. It was mixing yeah. two songs together and creating something new out of it, which was kind of cool. 
That's really interesting because I can definitely see a parallel between code. So looking at, you know, the structuring of code and development, mm -hmm. software development with how you layer tracks in music. Because I was actually watching a YouTube video about someone who's done really well and the way they were using the software to develop music was really interesting mm -hmm. to me. Obviously, I sound like a software geek now when I say that, but that's, uh, no, yeah, I, I can see the parallel. More geeky. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> So what's your favorite quote? Favorite quote? Yeah, catch me off guard again, but it's the um, one about being a man of value, a person of value. I can't remember exactly what it is, but just be a person of value, offer value to people. And just, I like that. I just like helping people and just doing things to help people, whether it's through software, through whatever in life, mm. just helping people is just kind of the thing I enjoy. I'm curious, where did that come from? Or when did you first realize that was something that was important to you? I guess I started seeing it more when I started my blog. I think it was 2009. My very good friend, he said, listen, you love video and you like, you have this knack for like explaining things in a very simple way. Like breaking down complex things to a simple way. Why don't you start a blog and teach people how to make videos? And this is like way back in 2009. And I said, okay. And I just started doing it and it was getting good feedback. I was like, wow, you know, people are getting seeing value in the videos that I was making. And that kind of like, triggered into kind of where we are today. I mean, many years later, but it just got me in this mode of being able to create something, a video to offer value to somebody. Yeah. Very cool. That's great. Now let's uh, get into your business story. What is repurpose.io and how did you begin that particular project? Yeah. So repurpose.io is a platform, it's an online tool that will, the whole idea is to take a piece of content you created whether it's an audio podcast or Facebook Live or a Facebook video, and turn that into another piece of content automatically. So for example, take an audio podcast, make a video out of it, and not only make the video out of it, but also publish it and distribute it to different platforms like YouTube, Facebook. Um, pretty soon we're adding Twitter and we're applying for LinkedIn approval. So we're just integrating multiple platforms. But the whole idea is you create the content once. And a lot of Content creators do this anyways. They take the content, they upload it here and they upload it here and there. And I thought, why don't, well, I didn't think actually, I was told by my customers that, hey, you should create something that will automate this stuff. Because how I got started in the software four or five years ago was making WordPress plugins. First one I created was for myself. I was a YouTube video blogger and I would upload a video to YouTube, then I would make a blog post and then copy the embed code and make a blog post. And then I'll do it again every week. And I'm like, man, I hate this step of like, why don't I automate this? And then that was my first WordPress plugin. It was every time I publish a video on YouTube and it'll automatically make a blog post out of it, embed the video and actually all the comments as well from YouTube onto your blog. And then that grew into a year later to a podcasting plugin with a podcast player. And that's when I picked up a lot of traction. I got to know the podcasting community really well. And then that evolved into a Facebook Live WordPress plugin. And then those customers said, hey, actually, I call them customers. They're really friends. I made a lot of friends in this journey, but they were kept telling me, hey, you're the automation guy. You're good at figuring this out. Why don't you take it to the next level? Go beyond WordPress. Take a content from audio podcast. Send it to YouTube. Send it to Facebook. Do so you like a Facebook video or Facebook Live video? Send that to YouTube automatically. I'm doing it anyways. Why can't you automate it for me? Mm. And that's kind of how Repurpose was born. It was just from kind of getting into this community of podcasters, content creators, being one initially of the blogger and the video blogger, then became the software guy who helped people in this community. And then the users speak, they tell you what they want and you know, what's their pain points. 
Yeah, I really love that. Just the evolution of that, starting from just WordPress plugins. What are the names of the plugins that you created? They are Simple Video Press. That was a YouTube plugin. Simple Podcast Press was the uh, podcasting plugin. And Simple Social Press was the Facebook Live, Facebook videos onto your blog. And are they still all running at the moment? Yeah, they're all still running. They actually work. I mean, they don't work with repurpose. Like Mm -hmm. they don't talk to each other, but they complement. So people who have repurpose and then they find out, oh my God, you have a WordPress plugin. They'll take it to my blog as well. It just kind of completes the cycle of content repurposing. So you get content across platforms and you get content onto your own blog, which is what people want. Wow. I love your simple uh, range there. Yes, right. Yeah. I like <laughs> Is it a series? Simple, simple, simple. simple. <laughs> <laughs> so you're the simple automation guy. Hey, right. why not? Simple, yeah. <laughs> no so what's the size of your company at present? We are one, two, three, four, five people. All in Toronto? No, actually all over the world. We're kind of oh. distributed all over the world. So yeah, it's growing. Like we just added another developer and we got people in Argentina and India and Pakistan. We got just, we're all over the world. The teams all over the world, and uh, I'm looking to expand as well, just to kind of help be more efficient in what we do over here. So yeah, it's a relatively small group, but I feel like I want to move faster. But at the same time, I'm happy that things evolve slowly because sometimes you move too fast. It's like this overwhelm and this stress, and then you're disappointing people along the way because you're not being able to keep up with the demand. But we didn't come in and then like shoot out into like a big explode. We just slowly came in rolled out repurposed to our existing WordPress customers. Slowly, they started talking about it. You know, it slowly, slowly grew over. It's been about almost two years now, but the growth is slow and steady, which is good. It's manageable. Then we brought on more developers to help with it. I kind of like that pace. Sometimes I wish we can do things faster, but at the same time, I'm happy with the rate of growth. I feel like I'm still in control of the situation. (laughs) Yeah, so I think a lot of entrepreneurs can relate to the impatience (laughs) <laughs> and wanting, you know, you're wanting things to blow up and whatever else. But yeah. like you say, the realization is, well, if your growth blows up, then your customer service has to blow up at the same time and you've mm-hmm. got to be able to handle everything mm-hmm. else on the back end. So that can be problematic yeah. if you're not prepared for it. So from two years ago to now, so what's your sort of how many users did you have? Well, I guess I'm just curious um, in terms of all your plugins and everything. I guess if you look at it as one company, do you or is, are they separate entities? They're separate Brand names in right. a sense, like one is a simple video press, simple something plugins. I was known for the WordPress automation guy. Repurpose is relatively new. It's about a year and a half now, maybe close to two years. To me, it's one company. Yeah, uh, It's one tool set. Sometimes I bundle them together and I sell them as a bundle. But I will be changing the name slowly. Everything becoming repurposed, like okay. you know, repurpose plugins with the repurpose platform. But in my head, it's all one company. With the repurpose, I think we just crossed 3,000 users. Oh, fantastic. Uh, since the beginning. Yeah, I mean, like people who've gone through the system, obviously not all paying users, we have a free trial, but I'd say probably at least 25% are currently active users, like paying users. And yeah, it's been slow and steady. As repurpose grew, the plugins also grew as well. I find that people learn, like when they have one, they learn about the other and they're like, oh, this is perfect. It complements what I need. It solves more of my problems. So I've had people get mad at me and say, hey, how come you didn't tell me how to WordPress plugin? Repurpose custom, and then they find out about the plugin. Why didn't you tell me? I love this. I need this too. And I'm like, wow, you know what? Like initially I was afraid to pitch to people or just talk to them. I'm not aggressive that way, but 
I've had a lot of people come back and say, hey, you never told me you had WordPress plugins. I, I needed those too. And you should have told me. So I'm like, now I know. Now I don't hesitate. Yeah. I don't feel like I'm selling. I feel like I'm helping. But I think that, I mean, I've been free onboarding as obviously a paying customer. So I've seen that immediately on the buy page. Now I'm being introduced to the WordPress plugin. I'm like, that's brilliant because I never knew that. And I find out later, that could be a bit of an annoyance, but it's just so nice because you have had the experience of being a blogger yourself and going through the challenges that a lot of your clients go through. So that makes sense that you know how those things connect and work together. Okay. So what are some common myths about content marketing? I would say like people who create content, it can be difficult. You can make it difficult and time consuming, but it doesn't have to be. The actual creation of it, I mean, the simple theme... uh, good time? I mean, it depends what your goal. Like I've been lately, I've been like thinking about the types of content, like a podcast is like something that you prepare for. It's a long piece of content. It's a good 20 minutes, 30 minutes, sometimes up to an hour. You know, you're not going to do that every day. Obviously it's going to be once a week or maybe even once a month if you have to, depending on your business. But I say like be consistent and in between those big episodes, do some small content, do either a Facebook live or hop on your phone, do an Instagram live or something. Just keep your audience engaged with small, like mini, like bite-sized content that you post on Instagram, Facebook, just so that your customers, your viewers can see you. And those can be simple, raw almost, or even live. Don't worry about fancy editing. So I guess people get worried about making the videos look beautiful and amazing. Mm. It's not about the video. It's about what you say and the content in the video. So just keep that in mind as a content creator. Don't focus on fancy stuff. Focus on delivering value. Yeah, relevance. I like that a lot. So for the podcasters listening to this, what are the three places your podcast needs to be to maximize your reach? (laughs) Podcasters, you want to have a YouTube presence. So get a video copy of your podcast on YouTube, get a video copy on Facebook and your blog. That's important. Some people skip that step and say, hey, I don't need it on my blog. But your blog is your chance where you get email addresses and you kind of take that engagement, that interaction to a whole new level. So definitely have it on your blog somewhere or on your site, whatever, somewhere on a piece of property you own. And that's, I guess, the main argument for not just sticking it on iTunes or onto Stitcher or something like that because you don't own those properties. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You own your blog and you can collect emails. You, can, you, know, you can't really collect emails outside your blog. This doesn't work that way. Mm-hmm. Can you make that happen? Can you change that? <laughs> uh, <laughs> you're taking over Apple anytime soon? <laughs> no, no. Hey, not that soon. <laughs> universe. You are listening to the Founders Connect podcast, helping lifestyle entrepreneurs to grow their business online and create a happier marriage. Now back to the show. So how much content is too much content? I honestly don't believe in too much content, but I do believe that if you're overwhelmed by creating content, don't feel like you have to create content like every day. And actually, I've kind of gone through this recently. I've got this urge to create more and more content. I'm doing little video clips. And then this morning, like I went to record something. I was like, I wasn't in the mood. Like I was just recording it and it wasn't flowing well. And normally I would kind of push through and just push something out. But I said, you know what? This is not happening today. Let's just let it go. So For me, it's like, you can't have too much content, but if you're spending all your time making content and you're not really thinking about your business and also like how that content is relevant to your business, like you don't want to just walk around shooting videos just for the sake of shooting videos. You got to have a purpose, educate, stick to the same topic that your audience 
expect from you. Like I'm the content guy or the video guy. People want to hear about video. They want to hear about personal training. They don't care how much weights I lift because I don't offer any value there. Being relevant again to your audience, what they want to hear, but whatever you're comfortable with. If you pick a schedule like a podcast, you guys doing a podcast now, it's a lot of work. So you can probably offer better tips, but you know, being consistent and delivering that whether it's weekly, whether it's daily, being consistent because your audience, they'll get hooked and they want more. So if you're doing every week, keep with it. Batch recording is another way of doing it. You know, mm. record content, you know, on a Monday, five episodes, you're good for five weeks kind of thing so that you don't feel like that stress. We're like, oh my God, I got to record something. And then obviously the quality goes down when you're stressed and you're rushed about it. Yeah. So. Very good points. Now you talked about video being the video guy. What's your take on live streams? Are they useful? And what are some ways that you can use live streams to boost exposure? Yeah. Live streams are great. To me, honestly, it's a weird thing, but my favorite part of a live stream is that it's live and there's no video editing because that's where people get tripped up. Like they don't, oh, I don't have the right tools. Or I don't know how to edit video. You don't have to. It's live video. You can make mistakes, but be prepared. Like whatever you're going to say for that show or for that episode, don't just ramble on about whatever <laughs> comes to your mind. You know, have some like key ideas and make sure you're talking about stuff, again, relevant to your audience that are following you, but also like, you know, you have one main focus. You know, today's topic is about live streaming and why it's important. And then you just stick to that topic kind of thing and keep it short. And Facebook, they love live streams. They give you all the exposure up front. And then obviously repurposing that, those blog posts and YouTube videos and that kind of stuff is also value as well to kind of give it more life afterwards. You know, I've seen people do live streaming at the podcast, like they mm. do a live stream and then they take the audio into a podcast. So you can do that as well. It's up to you kind of what comfort level you're in, but I definitely include live streams if you're, yeah, I mean, again, whether it's live stream or it's upload a video, whatever you're comfortable with, if you prefer to record a video and upload it, do that. I mean, again, the value is in what you're saying, not really the delivery mechanism, just having the content, saying good stuff that your audience wants to hear. How do you go from doing podcast or live stream or blogging, whatever it may be, how do you go from that to actually utilizing it to grow an audience? Like you mentioned email lists previously as a, a key reason that you want to put on your blog. So I guess I'm seeing a lot of people do content, but I'm not seeing that actually helping their business grow, you know, and they yeah. get caught in a cycle of, like you said, the stress of, I got to put out more stuff. Like mm-hmm. I got to be the next Gary V, which is impossible, but he does sleep. yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, but he's also got a team of like 400 people. So it's very different. Right? Mm-hmm. So what's your take? Yeah, on I can't that? even, yeah. I can't even keep up watching the video. I don't know how he's producing <laughs> someone. <laughs> I, can't keep up watching. I love watching it. They're really engaging, but yeah, you got to think of content. Like you're producing content to drive traffic somewhere. And that's mm-hmm. to your home base. You don't, I've heard people talking about their podcast. How do I drive more people to my podcast? To me, I say, hey, you put a podcast out there. You have good value. You get your subscribers. It takes some time to get noticed. But once you have your subscribers, you want to say, how do I get those subscribers to come to my site so I can get them on an email list? Because if your podcast, your YouTube videos, your Facebook lives are all on the same topic and you have a business around that topic, you know, get them to an email list. Even in your content, you can talk a little bit about your services, not your services, but a little about what you do and just so people know, oh yeah, you know, these guys are, you know, they can help me out with my business, right? One day when I'm ready for it. So you're not pitching anything on your content, but you're just bringing up your expertise levels and you're bringing attention to your listener that, hey, this is what I'm good at and here's what I do. So that one, they come to that and they're like, oh, you know what? You know, I'm looking for somebody to help me in my content market or some tools to help me. They know, okay, you know, 
been listening to this podcast or watching this YouTube video, I know kind of where to go to. So yeah. I think of them as channels to drive traffic to somewhere. And to me, that somewhere should be your home base, your website. Mm-hmm. And then if you don't already, you just definitely have it have some kind of giveaway on your blog for capturing an email address. I mean, for me, I don't have a blog anymore. I'm focusing more on software, but to me, it's similar because I have a free trial. So yeah. I always send people, hey, come sign up for a free trial. You're on my email list. By signing up, you're on my email list, but also you get to experience my software and you know potentially become a customer right away. So you know my kind of funnel is try it for free and then you're on email list. A lot of content I put out there, hey, you want to repurpose content? Check it out for free. So have some kind of free giveaway. Mm-hmm. Um, if you don't have a software, have some kind of checklist, something simple that you can exchange for an email address. Okay. So have you explored different, like with the freemium or the free model, have you explored different durations of that? Like have that where you're at and working out what works best for the business? <sighs> to be perfectly honest, because I like to be honest, I wanted extremely short window. Mm. Most trials you see are like seven days, 14 days, 30 days. I'm like, let's just keep it short. Like I want to just see the conversions quickly. Yeah. Yes or no. Right. So I was like, you publish four episodes that my software says you publish four episodes, which is probably equal to one month of content for most podcasters. And in a few minutes, technically you can publish four episodes in a few minutes. And you're like, wow, I love this. I can really use this or yeah, I don't need this. So like, to me, it's not a time limit. It's a base of four episodes. And right. I kept that short. I didn't experiment. Well, that was my first test. And then I'm happy with it. I'm like, I like the fact that I can test quickly and like answer quickly from a customer. There is a period if they don't use it for 14 days, it does expire. Right. So that doesn't just take that bandwidth in our system. And people have complained in the beginning, like, hey, four episodes, it's not enough. I need more time. I need more episodes. <laughs> but I didn't get that many. I got a few. And then I'm like, well, you know, we'll consider changing it, but we never did. And yeah. we're happy with it. I haven't heard any complaints recently. But I think that's a good point you make because it's about getting an experience of what the software does. Like we went through that and actually uploaded our first four episodes That's of cool. this podcast using Repurpose into YouTube. And it was like literally in five minutes, it was already there. And I showed yeah. it to Sydney and she's like, what? Like, I you know, love like, it. And yeah. you don't need a month to test that. Like <laughs> literally. Yeah. Like so, yes or no. Like, you know, right away, I can yeah. use this for another few months or yeah, I don't need this. You know? yeah. So I think the nature of the software allows me to use this kind of like four episode publishing because it's just, you get a result right away. You click and in a few minutes, you have a video on YouTube. And that's the promise. The promise is we get your content onto the platform and we deliver quickly. And so if that's something that you enjoyed and you get that wow factor, hey, sign me up. You know what? I know I want this at least for a few months to try it out. I love so it. That's, Time that's efficiency, productive yeah. efficiency. <laughs> that's right. You want to go to the efficiency question asking, or now that you're on the topic of oh, efficiency. sorry. Efficiency has suddenly become more efficient. So um, <laughs> what's the biggest challenge you face with running your own business and maintaining a happy and healthy relationship with your wife and kids? Yeah. Biggest challenge is time. You just don't feel like there's enough time. I feel the day goes by quickly. Like to me, if I don't have that sense of closure for that day, like from business closure, I'm doing something or I didn't achieve what I wanted to achieve. And then it's kind of on my mind for the rest of the day when the kids are home from school and the evening. And I don't like that. So I'm not perfect at it or even good at it yet. I'm working towards it is to basically set like one goal for the day, you know, one big goal, get this done, get that closure. So I know, okay, when my kids come home, I pick them up from the bus stop around three o'clock or three fifteen. That's it. If I don't want to do anything else for the rest of the day, 
I've already done the one thing. And I'm trying to schedule that thing in the morning. And actually, just yesterday, I just had enough. I say, you know what? I deleted Facebook, Instagram. I deleted all the apps off my phone because I found myself just playing on my phone so much. And I turned on the Do Not Disturb on my phone, on my Slack with the team, Do Not Disturb until 11 o'clock. So it gives me like a two-hour window in the morning, 9 till 11, to just do that thing that I want to do. And no one can reach me. Team can't reach me. Customers can't reach me. I don't have Messenger anymore. Like I just turn everything off. And then for that two-hour window, it's mine. It's my two hours to get that one thing done. Yeah, just to get that one thing done. And the rest of the day, I'm there helping people, like helping the team, helping customers, you know, dealing with the stuff that I need to deal with. Just I need that few-hour window. I literally just... Today is the first day I started doing it. Like yesterday, I deleted the apps. And today was the first day even going to try. And it was good. It was quiet. It was less... Very productive, is it? I'll be honest, I didn't finish the one thing. I overplanned. I like I put a big task and I didn't quite finish it. But it's okay. I'm learning. But the idea will work if I just kind of narrow down the task to be more realistic to get that done in the two hours. So I give myself two to three hours in the morning to do that one big important thing. So is this one of the advice for people to be more effective? Yeah. I mean, you need your time. Like you need your time to think, you know, as a part of a team, you're helping your team, right? Especially if you're kind of like the owner and your founder, like your team needs you, right? And your customers need you and your business partners need you, whatever. But you need your time to get that one thing done. So this is something I've learned for another podcast. I'm not going to take the credit for this one. And I'm trying it this week to see if I can just shut everybody out for the first two, three hours of my day and just get that one thing done. And then I'm there for everybody else, for my team, customers, anybody else. So yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, we're definitely excited. We need to do that too. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, so when you went from like one person creating your plugins and whatnot to then becoming a team, how did you learn the skills? How did you shift? I think there's a mental shift that needs to happen from becoming mm-hmm. the solo softwarepreneur to now I'm managing a team or I'm leading a team or influencing a team. Yeah. How did you develop those skills? Does that come from you being a parent or did you actually have to go and learn how to do that better? I don't know. I've always been good managing people. Like I've had my previous jobs, I, before I got into this, you know, I managed people to kind of just, I don't know why, but my personality just clicked with people pretty well. Just had experience managing people. But when you have your own, something that you own and you have a team that you're starting to grow, it's difficult because you want to do everything yourself. You're like, hey, I can do this. I don't want to let it go. But now I've just reached to the point where I know, I, especially with like, new people on board and you kind of lose that pace in your head. You're like, why don't they get it? You know, I wish they were up to speed on things, but you look back, you're like, it's my fault. Like I didn't give them enough time. I didn't train them enough. I didn't document enough. That's one thing I'm doing more and more is documenting because you have a lot of things up here, but if you want someone else to do it, you got to write it down. So I'm documenting more. And then no matter time, now I'm seeing it. Like the team operates on their own. They don't need to come to me every minute for every little thing. But in the beginning, it felt like, what about this? What about that? I would get frustrated, but I knew like, okay, once I get past this hump, it's going to be, I don't have to even think about it. It's just going to run on its own. You got to tough it out for a while. You feel like you have more work on your plate when you hire somebody. Definitely. It definitely is. And then you get like a huge relief when they're becoming more self-sufficient and you're part of it. Like your documentation, your training, especially documenting. That's a big one. And now I'm like, I want to hire someone else to help me with all these you know, smaller tasks and stuff. So I'm like, I don't think I can do everything anymore. I think, hey, I can be more efficient 
if I just write down what I do and hire someone to help me with some areas of my business. So it is a mindset shift because you're thinking, I want to grow bigger. I can't grow bigger when I'm holding everybody back and I know it. They're ready to push a release and they're ready for this. But I used to be the guy testing everything and, and it's like, I'm picky. Like I want it to be perfect. I want the software to do this, this. But in reality, it's like, well, if it takes us two months to get this one little feature out because I'm the guy who's too busy to test everything, it's not going to work. The customers are not going to be happy. So there is benefits, obviously, to having a team and you move a lot faster. You move slower in the beginning, but then you ramp up to be much faster. But you got to let go. And let that's, go, main key there. It's so hard. so hard. It's <laughs> oh, hard. Really. I feel like this is my baby. I can't let it go, but it's better for everybody in the long run. Did you know that financial intimacy can lead to better sexual intimacy with your significant other? Money is never just about dollars and cents. Money is wrapped up with emotions such as fear, insecurity, envy, and guilt, and attitudes such as control. So want to improve your financial intimacy? Grab our free guide at www.foundersconnect.co forward slash financial intimacy today. You are listening to the Founders Connect podcast, helping lifestyle entrepreneurs to grow their business online and create a happier marriage. Now back to the show. Maybe uh, this is practice for when it's time for you to let your kids go out into the world. <laughs> oh, that's a big one, isn't it? Uh, uh, I had two girls and... Uh, oh, yeah, that's a tough, tough one. Yeah. How long to go for that? Well, how old are they? Uh, nine and six. Okay. Yeah, you've got, you've still got, got some time. So time. you can yeah. either train them on the way or, you know, just push them out. Which way? <laughs> no, no, no. I'm going to build a bubble and just leave them in that bubble and in the house. <laughs> the, the trick is to get them to work in your company and then they'll never leave. That would, that would, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's an actually, idea. The youngest, youngest one is playing around with coding a lot, actually. <gasps> the idea of logic and coding and she's building her own game. Actually, she built a podcasting game. It's kind of oh, funny. Wow. <laughs> cool. It's not like this, like almost like a Pac-Man type thing where you move yeah. this mouth and then like microphones are dropping and you have to catch all the <laughs> That's fun. Yeah. I want to play that. And I'm like, I love it. I love it. That's a brilliant I love idea. I that guy, man. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> there you go. Really that, could, clever that could be the uh, thing that attracts people into your world and then you can give them the, the, the software. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Hey, <laughs> you can now real coding. <laughs> there you go. Coding for Integrate. kids. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's a lot of fun oldest one she's getting involved and in, like she hears me and talking about podcasting and software and apps and it gets me excited when she gets into these things and this podcasting thing she just came to me because look what i made like mm-hmm. it's not like i sat with her and made it she's like look what i made i'm like what <laughs> you made this <laughs> it's about the software about podcasting it's a game about podcasting this is so cool <laughs> we just got excited Gosh, she picks up on what i made. yeah there you go your big influence so what activities and common interests have you developed that bring you and your partner closer together? That's a good one. We are in the process of signing up for dance lessons. So <gasps> really? really? So are we. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Yes. So, uh, I've been pushing it off, but yeah. She actually took some dance lessons by herself earlier and then those ended and now we're going to sign up together. for salsa dancing, yes, uh, which is going to be fun. And... Yeah, I mean, she's got our own business as well. And uh, so I don't want to say I help in there because I don't, like I've, we're in separate worlds completely, but we bounce ideas of experiences we both go through in our business, totally unrelated businesses, but still she has a team and she has to run her own business. And it's like, you know, there's some things we learn from each other, but 
again, that's business stuff. The personal stuff, yeah, I think we need to do more. I mean, we are, we do our family vacations and stuff, but I think the dance is so almost fun. like a two of you. The, the, yeah, yeah, just exactly two of us is a whole different uh, dynamics. Mm, that's good. Salsa, Salsa. seems well, to be the code. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, well, I like a faster dance. Yeah, we have different choice of dance styles, so that's what we're kind of colliding on over the moment. But, oh, okay, okay. Yeah, I would prefer the bachata, and she's more like, let's go oh. into something else, I don't know, hip-hop maybe. <laughs> All right, so what's been like your biggest lesson around communication with your partner like over the years that you've been together? Over the years, I think just kind of being more open on what's going on. Because in the beginning, I was more... I didn't know what I was doing. Like when I first started blogging, there was no business. It was just something I would do. And I, you know, I'd be up at night watching TV and I'll be on my laptop doing blog posts and didn't really know what I was doing. I'm like, I'm writing a blog. What's a blog? Why are you doing this for? Like, you know, there was no purpose to it. To me, there was a learning experience, learning curve, but you know, there wasn't a business behind it. And then when I started getting more and more into the software, I started sharing more. Oh, yeah, we did this. So this happened. Or we had a kind of a little mini launch and, you know, we made this many sales and just kind of being more, keeping her more in the loop on stuff, especially when we were first getting started. And it's like, oh, okay. Now I know why you're, what are you doing? <laughs> you know, on the laptop while they're watching you, you know, right? so just being a little more open about it. Now it's less. I mean, now it's like, she's got, you know, we both come home, like she comes home, we're watching TV, we hang out, we talk about, I don't talk about my business to her. She knows what's going on. Things are going well, things are stable and I try not to work as much in the evenings. Mm. But yeah, I guess to answer your question is more just, especially in the beginning when you're trying to figure things out, just keeping them in the loop, like not running off and just doing something in the office. Say, hey, I got to go. Like, right I have a meeting, you know, I put it on the calendar. Actually, it's a perfect example. Like today, she's like, oh, don't you have a podcast interview at uh, 10 o'clock? Like in 10 minutes? I said, yeah, because we have a shared calendar and I put it on the calendar that I have an interview at this time and then she sees it and she knows that you know if i walk away i'm not just gonna go to work it's something that's scheduled on the calendar on a time that kind of works for us so yeah i guess being open and having a common calendar actually really helps us a lot <laughs> yeah we share a google calendar would you describe you as being the more emotional or the more logical or are you both similar sort of personality types or you find that you have a difference mm-hmm. way you see the world i think different i'm more logical hmm. and like she's not a she's her style and i'm like 100 logical it's like it has to make sense and uh, mm. it's so funny because i see our kids are like that like one is more logical uh-huh. and one is more like emotional not emotional just like more like expressive with like yeah. how they feel and now other ones like i don't get it why does why like you know it's like it has to be logical she doesn't get it so it's interesting how our kids kind of got a mix of both of us yeah, um, but oh, that's great. I hear that a lot. It? Yeah, oh, you have a mini you. <laughs> yeah. Well, I hope she's. Uh, well, no, I'm a pretty good guy too. <laughs> there you go. There you go. She's a good kid. They're both Doing good well. kids. Yeah. <laughs> so, what's yeah, a so good tip for intimacy for you? Good tip. Yes. Hmm. I don't know how to answer that one. <laughs> Um, yeah, I guess that, differ, yeah. that differs before you had kids and after you have kids as well. So, because at different stages of the relationship. So, one thing you're already doing with the dancing, that's a good one because it's actually more about just spending couples. It's just time. spending. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that, that's something that's, that's tough. Yeah, exactly. Because you're in parent mode like all the time, right? You're always in parent mode and you kind of lose that 
husband and wife mode, right? Unless you leave the house and, you know, sometimes we have date nights, but it's not often. It's random. It's not like scheduled. Randomly go off for dinner and stuff, but like having this fixed thing every Tuesday night or whenever it is. We haven't started yet, but we're going to pick a night. Yep. It's going to give us time just to hang out. Just going to do the thing, not talk about work, not talk about my work. Yes, or that's work. very important, especially yeah. as you're an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're pointing at me. <laughs> yeah, it just happens. I mean, you talk about work or kids, like that's kind of what happens, right? <laughs> there you go. That's a me time yeah. and a us time. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So we're going to just wrap up with a couple of questions here, honey. Um, what's one book or resource that is rarely mentioned that has made a significant impact on your life or your business? I'll be honest, I don't read a lot of books. I actually hardly read any books. Um, so but for could me, be a podcast, read, could be a movie. <laughs> yeah, I mean, from a podcast perspective, I used to listen to a ton of podcasts, but the one I kind of narrowed down to and I listened to religiously even now is called Startups for the Rest of Us. Hmm. Walling and Mike. And uh, it's great because it's like two guys talking about their experience of software. And I was going through this experience and it was like, wow, it's nice to hear people going through sim- similar things. But from a resource perspective, one of my favorite things I use it for personal stuff and work now is Trello. Trello. It just organizes my life. <laughs> I can't live without it. Uh, it's a great tool. And I just use the free version. It's just more than enough for yeah. what I need. Oh, cool. And you like the visual elements of that yeah. system. Yeah. And it's like available on your phone and like on your laptop. It's always in sync. And it's just like you think of something, you add it to the right Trello board and you know that it's there when you need it. Right. So yeah. Whether it's an idea for a new feature or something housework you have to do, like some project. We have one board for housework. Like, all right, here's all the stuff we got to do for the house. We got to build a fence, whatever. It's all on there so that we know it's all captured in one place. So, Are you going to be like delegating assignments to your kids through Charlo? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Can we delegate? Can you build the fence? Can you cut the grass? (laughs) That would be awesome. I never thought about that. That would mean I had to give them phones. So we're trying to avoid giving them any electronic device. They're asking phones already. I'm like, nah. I didn't get a phone in my twenties, so you can wait. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, I'll be the same actually. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> you're really on a twenty-four-seven almost. Okay. So it's very easy to get serious when you're an adult. So how do you make fun applied in your life and business? I don't know. I enjoy like like I enjoy creating things. So like mm-hmm. sometimes I do things that I know don't make sense. Like I shouldn't be doing this, but it's really fun. And you know what? I'm just going to do it. It's my business. I want to design this little template for this new, whatever, vertical video, whatever it is. I just feel like doing it, something creative that's not like always logical, with more creative side. And then yeah, just do it. Like I just feel the urge and I do it. And, uh, you know, you got to do that kind of thing. Like you can't always be the CEO or just be the person who just run the business. You got to do the creative side. It's fun. You use a different part of your brain. And I enjoy creating, but I started doing more videos as well. I know they don't make sense. I don't need to be making these videos. Sometimes it kills like a few hours of my day. I could have been doing better things, but <laughs> I had the urge to do a video. I wanted to share something. I enjoyed it. I learned something along the way. And sometimes it's almost like a treat. You give yourself yeah. a treat in your business. Yeah, you're a lot. Just, it's almost like, hey, you can slack off a little bit and do this video and do this little fun thing because you know you deserve it to take a break Definitely. from you. No, I actually day. think you're also training your team to realize that's important for them but it's more about who you like this happens with being a parent right how you're showing up is actually being 
you're modeling that for your team culture, you're modeling that for your family. So that's so important, accessing your creativity because it can't be all work all the time. And we could all go crazy, but you know, it's just important to do that. Because I do that as well. Like I'll just go off and do a Facebook live video or an Instagram story. Yeah. And it's like, you know, in the moment right now, I'm feeling it. Yeah. And you're inspired, you're more likely to produce something of quality rather than not. Exactly. If you try to force it, like, hey, I should record a video now. What do I say? Right? If it's in the moment, you feel good, you record it and you get it done. And you had fun doing it. I mean, I assume you had fun doing it because you had the urge and you had the mm-hmm. uh, excitement to do it. So yeah, do fun things in your business. I mean, it's your business. Right? You can do whatever you want. Obviously, you don't want to slack off all day long, but if you want to do something fun that has some value to the people, whether it's creating videos, a little bit graphic, whatever it is, do it. You can call it a treat and hey, you deserve it. Absolutely. Last question. After all said and done, what did you want to be remembered for? I want to be remembered as the guy who helped people get to where they want to be. I'm not like this big motivational speaker guy, so I'm not helping changing lives or anything, but I feel like the tools I create are not just like apps and games for fun. Like I feel like I'm offering value to people who are in this space. It saves them time. They're more productive, allows them to do more. So uh, yeah, I mean, create stuff that software stuff that's valuable and that's you know saves people time and people get value out of it and it's kind of back to where we started like i've always been enjoy get a lot of satisfaction from giving value i know business is about money and stuff but to me it's like if you can give value to people and people come back to you and they say hey thank you you saved me so much time or thank you this tool is awesome because i can do this now more efficiently that's worth more than money to me so Thank you for sharing that. And I wanted to challenge you a bit on that statement. I want to put it back to you to maybe you can do this as a Christmas thing or whatever, but poll your customers to understand what they do with the extra hour or 20 minutes of mm-hmm. time they save, right? And you might find some interesting things, you know, like that's a good one. it's that time they go dancing with their wives, like whatever it may be. So I will put to you that you're actually changing lives. Yes, you are. You're ready to change yeah. ours. No, I appreciate it. Thank you guys. No, just... Offering value comes back to, I keep saying that word, but I just, you feel good, right? You want to help people. And this is my way of helping. I always felt like I'm a video guy. My blogging was helping people, but I was like, you know, how do I take that to the next level? And then, hey, I'm a software guy too. So we combine kind of the software and the video and just help people be more efficient in what they do with their content. So yeah, no, I appreciate the kind words. We love it. All right. Thank you for your time. So guys, you want to go check out repurpose.io and look up this really cool software. And of course, Hani has been kind enough to partner with us for our giveaway and you can win a lifetime license to the tool. And we definitely recommend it because it's doing a bunch for our podcast. And I know it's doing it in the podcast community. Everyone, I've not met someone yet who hasn't said we're using Repurpose. So that's an awesome thing that you're doing. Any last questions or any last comments? Well, enjoy your salsa. He's got the moves. All right. All right. Thank you, everyone. And uh, make sure you subscribe and share. See you guys later. So, that was our interview with Hani Mura of repurpose.io. What was your key takeaway from that one, Cindy? Well, my key takeaway is that channel is not as important as content the value of the content giving value to your clients that is the most important thing and uh, being consistent with it so uh, exactly we actually had a good chat with honey after the interview where he shared it's not even about like the number of eyes that view the content so much as it's about you showing up 
consistently so people see your face they see your logo they see your voice and then they can you know associate you with the thing that you want to be known for and I know, Cindy, you had a question that we didn't ask, honey, but you had a question before about will people get bored of hearing you say the same things again and again? And so the reality is a lot of people don't see your content or they don't view it or read it or listen to it. And if they do, they're hearing other things throughout the day or throughout the weeks. And so it's actually a good reminder you know, of what you said because sometimes like, you hear something and if you don't write it down immediately or you don't use it straight away, then you forget and it's good to be reminded, you know, of things. Mm, that's a good reminder, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it? So what did you take away from this? Uh, I, I'm going to jump into the family side of things. And this is what Hani said about just the challenges of being a parent and being present. When you are the entrepreneur, to be present there for his kids and what he's doing with his wife scheduling time to go and do their dancing together. So you have separate parent time and you have separate couple time and then you've got obviously business or entrepreneur time and creating those practices again just to build time to connect with people. And I like what he did where he wiped all his apps off the phone. Yes, for several hours. Yep. I think that's a great productivity activity. That we can compliment ourselves as well, isn't it, my go. darling? Well, yeah, I'm starting to do that with my morning routine. Like I get up and do my exercise, you know. We were doing that really well in Montreal, but kind of fell off the wagon. But definitely looking to start in that up again. So again, repurpose.io, great tool that we've been using for our podcast. It's actually how we push it out into YouTube. It literally takes five minutes, even less per episode. And we are giving away lifetime license to the business plan of repurpose.io so if you are a podcaster and you want to save time and create some more time for yourself to connect with the important people in your life then we definitely recommend you go and enter that contest the link is foundersconnect.co forward slash win so make sure you go and do that Join us in our next episode where we're going to talk about how to write and promote your most valuable business book with book writing, publishing, and multiple-time Amazon Kindle bestselling expert Tyler Wagner from Authors Unite. And remember to live passionately, purposefully, and confidently. Till next time, 